In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the number one habit that can help you lose the last 10 pounds. Hi, I'm Lesha Holzaffel, and you're listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, a podcast for moms who are ready to lose the weight they want without gaining it back by learning the holistic approach to nutrition and how our brains determine our long-term success. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad. Welcome back to the show. This is Lesha, your host, and I'm going to talk about the one thing that you can do to get the last 10 pounds off. So you might have been struggling with the last 10 pounds. Doesn't it seem like the last 10 pounds are always the hardest to lose? Some of it has to do with the brain. Well, let's be real. A lot of it has to do with the brain. Everything has to do with the brain. But what happens is that when we first start a plan, and we start in our weight loss journey, we're very motivated and focused and we have this goal in sight and we do really well. But what happens is like, it seems like when we get to the last pounds, 10 pounds, we lose our stride, we lose the momentum and we're kind of like, oh, well, you know, I lost so much weight. I'm almost there. I'm so close to my goal. I can have a little bit of this or I can have a cheat day or I can take a little break. Again, it's being in that diet restrictive mindset that we really want to get you guys out of, you know, like when you think that way, you're approaching your health as a temporary thing and a quick fix rather than a lifestyle approach. And this is what I teach inside the tribe. I teach how can we build a lifestyle? Let's stop thinking about it as a diet and a quick fix or a way to lose weight. Let's think about it. How can we make this work for you long term? So that's what happens a lot of times that I see with my clients when they have the last 10 10 pounds to lose. It's like it's just stuck on their body and they can't get rid of it because Part of them thinks because they have lost so much weight already that they can kind of, you know, slow down a bit or relax, so to speak, and all that and, and, you know, kind of let themselves go in a way because they've worked so hard, which tells me that A, what they have done was just way too restrictive and B, that there's something there that's holding them back and we need to discover what it is. Is it the food they're eating? Is it the lack of consistency in routine and habits and all of that? So what is this one habit? You're probably like, okay, get to the point here. What's this habit? So the one habit that will help you lose the last 10 pounds is food journaling. All right, now before you leave this episode and shut it off and say, this is dumb, I want you to hear me out because that's exactly what I said when I learned and heard about food journaling. I'm like, what the heck is this crap? Food journaling, what am I like? A 60-year-old grandma that's gonna journal? But I will say the journaling has changed my life, especially food journaling. So I'm gonna talk you through in this episode the how of how to do it, the why, and a few troubleshooting things. So why I teach food journaling inside the tribe is because it gives my clients complete control over their day of what they're going to eat, and it helps them make decisions with their smart girl brains. Inside the 
tribe, we talk about two different brains. We talk about our smart girl brain, which is the brain in the front, the prefrontal cortex, the ones that makes analytical, logical decisions. And then we call her the inner fat girl brain, the the primal brain that just wants to eat all day, right? She just likes the easy way out. She just wants all the junk food. Just give me the chips and let me watch Netflix all day. And it's not so much that it's the lazy part of our brain. It's just the automatic autopilot easy part of our brain. So if we've ever had the habit of sitting and watching Netflix eating junk food, our brain knows that that's easy, convenient, and fun. And that's what it wants to do. But that's where our smart girl brain has to interfere. Like, nope, that's not going to fly anymore. That made me gain a lot of weight. I don't feel good. It's a waste of time. We're not doing that anymore. So now what we're doing is we're making decisions with our smart girl brain. And how we do that is to plan ahead what we're going to eat. Now, this is not tracking. Do not get this confused with tracking your macros and tracking your calories. I do not teach tracking inside BSB Tribe. And mainly because I've seen in the past with the clients I've worked with in personal experience that tracking can lead to very obsessive behavior and very um, restrictive. Again, it's all about how restrictive are you being? What are you thinking about when you think about what you have to eat? Are you thinking about diet, what I can and can't have using those words, what I should or shouldn't have? Or are you thinking about what makes me feel great? What helps me reach my goals? And when we track, we become very obsessed with the numbers, especially when we're trying to reach a certain number with calories or carbs or fat or protein. When we don't hit it, we start thinking there's something wrong with us. What am I doing wrong? Why can't I get more fat in? How do I get more protein? Am I eating too much protein? Is this too many calories for me? Oh no, all of that bull crap, that chatter that goes through our heads, that doesn't matter, okay? Calories are not the most important thing when it comes to weight loss and overall health because every calorie of a certain food, your body is going to respond different to it, whether it be calories from spinach or calories from rice, right? They can be equivalent in calories, but your body is going to respond differently. One, your insulin is going to rise from the rice. Your blood sugar is going to spike. Too much blood sugar, too much insulin is going to cause fat storage. The other, the spinach, your blood sugar will not rise. So there will be no extra fat storage. So you can't just compare calories side by side. So this is why I do not teach tracking. I do not recommend tracking. However, there is a caveat. The one caveat is that I teach my members through a weight loss stall workshop that we have inside the tribe is that one of the steps is that if you can't break your stall and you don't know why, it is great to try tracking for a week just to kind of get some data, right? Tracking is a great source of data. We just don't want to be obsessed with it and do it for the rest of our lives. But there's nothing wrong with tracking for a week to see, oh, wait, I eat way more fat than I thought. Or wait, I eat way more carbs than I thought. And I was supposed to try to be under this range. Or 
hey, you know what? I'm eating very little. It turns out that I'm eating less than a thousand calories a day. My metabolism is probably slowed down now. So now your body is thinking that it's in survival mode and it's going to hold on to all the calories you eat. So sometimes the reason we stall is not because we eat too many calories. It's because we're eating too little calories, right? Think that one through. Isn't that a crazy thought? So that is why I don't teach tracking per se. I teach planning your food as in what you're going to eat ahead of time. So this is the how, this is how you do it, okay? You get a journal or you get a piece of paper, whatever. I don't care what you use. Like literally, you can use a nice journal. You can get a fancy journal. I am actually currently working on a complete journal for food, for habits, for goals, for gratitude, all that stuff for our tribe members and it's going to be epic. But for now, you can use whatever the heck you want. Use a piece of paper. I don't care. Use the back of a napkin. It doesn't matter. But what you do is that you get some sort of writing utensil and some sort of thing to write on. And I would highly recommend that you do this by hand and not through your phone not typing it out, do it by hand. Your brain recognizes it better when you do that. So this is what you do. Either the night before or the morning of, you're gonna write down exactly what you're gonna eat that day. Mind-blowing, isn't it? So simple. Now, here's the deal. How specific do you have to be? Well, you can be as specific as you want. But you don't have to like calculate everything down to the very last ounce or anything crazy like that. I'll give you an example of how I do my food journal. The point of it is you're making decisions ahead of time with your prefrontal cortex. You're in control of what you're going to eat that day. It eliminates things like spontaneous eating or, oh, that just walked into my mouth. Or, you know what? I'm just going to wing it because I don't really know what I'm going to eat and I didn't really plan about it, plan for it. But it's lunchtime and I'm super hungry and there's nothing around. So I'm just going to go to the vending machine and grab a bunch of snacks. This is where food journaling comes into play, which means that you have to kind of think ahead of time now what you're going to eat. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have meal prep done. That's a bonus and it's very helpful. No, it's about writing down what your plan is for the day. And we want to make sure that we're doing this in advance, but we're not doing it in the moment because when you do it in the moment, you're too hungry to think straight. If you're really hungry and making these plans, you're going to start thinking about all the good food that you want. Like, oh, a pizza sounds good right now and tacos sound good right now and all this stuff sounds really good. I should put that down. No. That's not when we want to do these plans. We want to do these plans right after you ate. So you're like full and you can't even think about food. And you're like, oh my gosh, I ate so much. I should probably eat less tomorrow. Or you think about it when you're just, you're not either full or you're not hungry. You're just thinking about it in a very logical way. All right. So this is why I do my plans in the morning because I am not hungry in the mornings. I do my workout and then I go into my office. I do my journey, meditation, all that. And I do my plans. Okay. So this is how I do my plans. I go down the line of breakfast, lunch, and dinner of what exactly I'm going to have. So an example for me might be breakfast. I'm going to do a bone broth protein shake with bone broth, collagen, 
resistant starch. I'm going to add two tablespoons of flax seeds and a cup of macadamia nut milk, right? So that is how specific I get. For lunch, it might be I'm going to do one salmon filet with two handfuls of spinach, tomatoes, avocado, and olive oil. Okay, dinner might be um, a four-ounce steak with asparagus and a side of sauerkraut. I might not get really specific about how much asparagus and how much sauerkraut I know how much a serving is, but I'm writing it down and I'm making the decision of what I'm going to eat that day. It also eliminates decision fatigue because as we go through the day, we get super exhausted about all the decisions we have to make. Think about all the decisions that we have to make on any given day. The last thing you should do is worry your mind and your brain about what you're going to eat. Because most likely if you're tired and your brain is tired, you're not going to make good choices. Okay, so this is why you want to do it in the morning or the night before. So that's what I do. Now, when it comes to snacks, I highly recommend that you try to avoid snacking in general. Most of the time, the reason we snack is because of a brain habit. But if you're that type of person that you know that you're a snacker and that you have to go long stretches in between food, I would advise to put down snacks on your plan and on your journal. It's better to have more snacks and then not eat them than not to have any written down and then end up eating it and then eating too much because you're like, oh, well, I didn't write it down. So it doesn't matter. Our brain, your brain will do that to you. It will say that crap. Trust me. So I want you to start with, I'd rather you start with too much food and then slowly adjust it because you'll see the next day. Was that too much? Was that too little? How did I feel? right? So this is going to really help you lose the last 10 pounds because you're going to be very alert and in control of what you're eating instead of just winging it or instead of just flying by the seat of your pants, instead of just thinking like, oh, I'm hungry right now. What do I feel like eating? Hmm. Well, what's around? What's available? No, that doesn't really sound good. That doesn't. Oh, that sounds good. You know, I mean, I've done so well so far. I've lost so much weight already. I can have that. No, there's none of this chatter going on when you food journal. And I promise you, once you actually write it down and you follow the plan, Imagine that you just do it. Hey, I already know what I'm going to eat. There's no questions about it. You're way less likely to overeat. You're way less likely to eat spontaneously, eat things that you shouldn't, have random meals or snack and all of that because it's almost like you've already decided. The decision's already made. There's no point in arguing with it. Okay, so why do we do this? This works so much because it helps you realize what exactly your body really needs and how much food your body really needs. And it gives you more control of eating the amount and quantity that your body wants to have rather than you just eating whatever, whenever. All right, overeating is one of the biggest causes of being overweight, right? We overeat, whether it be good food or not. And it's never good food, right? Nobody ever overeats in broccoli, right? 
or kale or anything like that. It's always the other stuff. It's always the highly palatable foods that companies have designed and created to be highly palatable and addicting. That is why we can't stop eating them. So why food journaling works so much is that it gives you complete control over how much food goes into your body and you're making those decisions up front. All right, so let's talk about some troubleshooting tips. The one question that I get often is like, well, what if something comes up? What if I had planned to eat a specific lunch and then my boss said, hey, we're going out for tacos. We're having a meeting at a taco place and you have to come. Well, you have a couple options, you know. You could say, okay, well, if you're required to come, you could either, if it's a place that you can bring your lunch, as awkward as that is, maybe that's something you can do. But your best bet is probably to try to order something that is very similar to what you had on your lunch plan. So for example, if on the lunch plan you had some kind of salad or with some kind of protein at that taco place, you would try to replace that with an equivalent meal. You don't want to just say, oh, well, I got invited for tacos. I couldn't eat my lunch, so I just said F it and I ate tacos. No, that's not how this works. We still want to have some kind of accountability. What this is going to do, guys, is you're going to start building credibility with yourself. You're going to start building integrity with yourself that you are the person that does what she says she's going to do. You're going to start building confidence like, wow, I ate everything that was on my plan. And then you're going to start seeing results and you're going to want to continue it. Okay, so that's the one thing that can come up. The other thing that can come up is you find out that it's too little food. Like you wrote down what you're going to eat and you're still hungry at the end of the day or at the end of the meal. So there's a couple of things you can do. I always advise my clients to drink water before they eat and wait 20 minutes in between having a portion before they have another portion because you want to give your body, you want to give that enzyme a chance to actually recognize that you just ate and stop your leptin. Otherwise, you're just going to want to keep eating and you're not going to get that full signal. But you can wait 20 minutes and then if you're still hungry after drinking water and and eating 20 minutes, you can then add on more of what you already put on your plan. That's okay. Like again, and it's okay to be hungry. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to die if you're hungry. Obviously, this is going to be hard for you to sustain and it's going to be probably frustrating for you if you're always going hungry. But what I recommend is why not just let it be, be hungry for that day and know for the next day on your plan that you need to add more food. That's always another option. Nothing's going to happen from hunger, guys. We don't die from being hungry. When we're hungry, that means our body is tapping into our fat storage. I mean, that's awesome. Every time I'm hungry, I'm just thinking about my body snacking on my thighs. Like, have at it, body. There is a lot there for you to have, right? (laughs) So don't be afraid of hunger. Embrace it. Hunger is great. 
We need to have hunger. That's how we know that we need fuel. Most of us just eat so much throughout the day or eat in like every little sign of like, oh, it's time for eat or, you know, I haven't eaten in two hours or whatever. Or, you know what, I should eat something that we don't even wait for real true hunger before we eat. So you could either wait it out and just say, okay, tomorrow I'm just going to add more food. Or you can wait 20 minutes, have water, and then if you want, have seconds. Okay? So those are the couple troubleshooting tips that I recommend for you when it comes to food journaling. So here's the action step for today's uh, episode. I want you to, for next week, to try this out. All right? So just get yourself a journal. There's a journal on Amazon that's like, seven bucks. That's really great. It's a food journal. I'll put it in the description in the show notes. It has like, you can write down your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, your cravings, your workout and all that. And I just want you to the morning of, or the night before, write down what you're planning to eat that day. You know, either what you're planning to eat that you've already made or what you're going to eat that you're going to go buy or make later. But plan it in a way that's logical. Plan it in a way that is going to be realistic too. Like if you've been eating crappy all this time and now you're like, oh, I'm going to food journal all this healthy stuff. Uh, that's not how it works. I want you to first start being realistic. It's about becoming aware and being in control of what you eat. Okay. So I want you to write down and I want you to food journal for the entire week. And then I want you to come find me on Instagram at BSB tribe and let me know how it went. Let me know if you lost any weight. Let me know if anything changed for you, if you had more control, if you felt more in control, if you realize when you're really hungry and when you're not. But I promise you, I promise you, if you pick up this habit and you do it consistently for a couple of months, you will lose your last 10 pounds. Okay? So give it a try and I can't wait to hear from you of how it goes. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Don't forget to tag me at BSB Tribe. If you want even more resources, make sure to go to www.bsbtribe.com and head on over to a private community on Facebook, Fit Mom Squad, so that you can get connected with other moms who are crushing their health goals. I can't wait to see you on the inside. Until next time, keep focused on your goals, mama.